Let's Get Growing is live streamed Saturday mornings on the Urban Gardener YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. So be sure to come join us for all the great gardening conversations. Welcome, gardeners. I'm Amy. I'm Lily. I'm Alice. And I'm Uncle. And we're from Dorchester, England. And you are watching the Urban Gardener channel. Now let's get growing. All right, all of you wonderful gardeners out there, welcome to Let's Get Growing your weekly gardening live cast here on the Urban Gardener channel. I'm Enoch and I'm going to be your host today. And again, thank you all so much for joining with us here today. We have a really, really exciting show for you again. We've got a really great featured guest with us. We've got Scott Wilson of Gardener Scott channel here on YouTube. And our channel of the week is Joseph Kozlowski's Garden State gardener and we're following jennifer newbauer of hook and garden on instagram so be sure to stay tuned later in the show for those great guests that we have coming up here and if you're joining with us here today be sure to hit us up in the chat box and let us know you're here and what you've got growing on in your gardens plus Again, thank you all to all of you who are joining with us on our replay as well. And uh, again, be sure to uh, either leave a comment for us down below or ask a question that we can answer here in just a little bit on the show. Plus, give our show a big thumbs up and hit that like button there. And also subscribe to the channel so that you can follow along with all of our great garden adventures here on the Urban Gardener channel. And also, one last thing, go to our website, letsgetgrowing.live, and go down to the bottom of the page where you can fill out a form to sign up for our newsletter and get all the upcoming news on our show. So yes, again, here we are. It's our second show. We've got a really great show for you. I'm really excited about today's show. And um, just a little bit right at the top of the show, kind of what I want to do is talk a little bit about what we've got going on in our gardens here. And it's been just a little bit snowy and wintry out still for us here in Southern Oregon. In fact, as we started the show, there was snow falling outside right now. So we're getting a little bit of a late winter snow. So that's kind of uh, keeping me uh, uh, my garden on hold for just a little bit right now. So um, I've also kind of had the garden on hold for most of the winter time as I've been dealing with um, actually the possible sale of the property that I live in right now. So over the winter time is I like to actually do some growing and do some things. And I really had some plans this last year to grow uh, a bit a bit of a different things throughout the winter time and work on some methods of growing during the winter time. But uh, we kind of had to put that on hold because of that whole possibility that I possibly wasn't going to be staying here 
any longer but uh, that's kind of been on hold for now for the next few months and uh springtime is just right around the corner and you all know what it's like when this time of year comes around i'm really getting itchy to get my hands in the soil and start gardening so i've decided that this next week i'm gonna go ahead and get out there and i'm gonna start working on things in the garden anyways so uh, if things end up changing as far as uh, whether or not we're going to be staying throughout the summertime or not in these garden spaces well then we'll just kind of take care of that business when the time comes but uh, again i'm really itching to get out into the garden and to uh, get some things growing so i'm going to get out and start working on uh, planting out some seeds for a bunch of different um you know kind of cool crop type of things that can go into our gardens at this time of year a bunch of different lettuces in fact i've got a couple of my favorite lettuces right now that i want to get out and get started so i can grow them again this year um, baker creek has these really small varieties which are perfect for small space gardening there's one called little gem which is a kind of a small mini romaine lettuce and then they also have one called tom thumb which is this really delicious just small kind of head leafy type lettuce that they have there which is really awesome really good and i really enjoy those i grew those for the last couple of seasons and so i'm really looking forward to be able to get those out there as well as some, some spinach and all sorts of different types of greens and everything because that's the time of year it is right now is where we can enjoy bringing in some uh, salads into our homes so that's kind of what I've got growing on right now. There's still a bunch of work that needs to be done coming out of the winter time, um, getting uh, beds prepped up, getting things either fixed or repaired over things that might have happened during the winter time. So I'm kind of working on all that sort of stuff and um, also got a big mess left in the alleyway by one of my neighbors who took out one of the trees in his yard. So I've got to get that all fixed up and cleaned up so that we can be perfectly prepared for this upcoming growing season. So I'm really excited about getting out into the garden as I know all of you are as well too. So again, be sure to get into the comments section there. Let us know what you've got growing on. Ask us some questions. Again, we've got some really great guests coming up here on the show and be sure to ask some questions of our guests when they come on and we'll try to get to those questions while we're talking with our guests. So for our first segment of the day, again, we're going to have our friend Mark Rouchet-Golbert, who is a garden educator uh, up in Portland, Oregon, and does a bunch of different other garden projects. He's really knowledgeable about garden subjects, and we're going to have him each week in a segment we call In the Garden with MBC. Hey guys, welcome to our first recorded episode of In the Garden with NBC. I'm so excited to be with you in this way on Let's Get Growing Live with Enoch Graham, my buddy Enoch. And before we plunge into all the tips, techniques, tricks that I've learned in my gardening career, and before we go to the various locations where I garden, Noble Rot Rooftop in Portland, Oregon, Franciscan Montessori Earth School in Portland, my home also in Portland, and my basement grow room. Before we get into all that, I wanted to stay with the theme we started a little bit last week about our garden story, about our motivations, 
about the reason why we do this, why this is important to our lives. And I want to introduce my own story a little bit more in depth, see if it resonates with you at all, and also just to ask you to consider your motivations, your inspirations. It's a time to give a little bit of gratitude to our mentors, and that's just what I'm going to do for you right now. I'm going to show you three books that influenced me, and two of them are people. Two of them represent people. So the first one is this guy, Albert Lachance. There he is. I met Albert in the 80s and, and was friends with him in the, in the 90s. And Albert was a very important figure for me. He wrote this book called Green Spirit, which is a kind of a cultural diagnosis. It's, it diagnoses our culture as an addictive culture through the process of consumerism. And then he goes on to use the 12 steps of AA to suggest a path out of that where we can restore a functional relationship, a beautiful relationship with earth rather than consuming and destroying it, which seems to be the path we're still on. Um, I'm not gonna go into that method so much as to just say, Albert really awakened in me the capacity to feel what was going on in the culture, to grieve what was going on to the culture, but then also to hear a call to do something about it, to do something with my life. And at that point, when I met Albert, I was open to doing that. And he's the guy who encouraged me to pursue farming. How did he do this? I still remember the conversation. One night in his gravelly voice, he was talking to me and he said, you've got to look at yourself in the mirror. Everyone has to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I don't care if I just grow one geranium in a pot, I'm a farmer. That sentence, that phrase that Albert uttered really allowed me to start considering this to start thinking about myself in this way. I had never done that prior to meeting Albert, prior to through all my school years, through all my childhood growing up, I had never grown a single thing, never grown a garden. Well, I grew up one corn plant in kindergarten, okay? But other than that, nothing. So Albert awakened in me the possibility of becoming a farmer. Then the next thing he did was introduce me to composting. And I took the bait, I took, I took it hook, line, and sinker. I went crazy for composting. I was snatching leaves from neighbors that they were putting out for the city to collect, making huge leaf compost piles in my backyard, absolutely loving the process. It was, it was working some spiritual work for me, awakening this contact with earth process and being a positive force in the whole thing. And out of that composting journey, I started to ask my questions like, what am I going to do with all this compost? And that led to gardening. The, the logical thing to do with compost is to garden or grow vegetables. And so that was motivating for me to, to, to grow my first garden. Um, around that time, I encountered this amazing book, which I considered a godsend, The Self-Sufficient Suburban Gardener by Jeff Ball, or just Self-Sufficient Suburban Garden. It's Rodale Press. It's probably out of print right now. I don't think the book is so important because there's some great books out there now as what it held. First of all, there was a kind of a vision given literally in two pages. Here's a fellow looking out at just a bare lawn, a bare backyard, potential, but not knowing what to do with it. And by the time this book takes you through its whole system, 
You've got the ultimate backyard food producing system. This book spoke to my imagination. It spoke to the part of me that loves systems, that loves seeing the intricate relationship between things. This book introduced me to all the important gardening concepts, permaculture, interplanting, rotation, succession planting, more about composting, the importance of organic gardening. It gave me facts and figures. It gave me tables to consult. Rodale is a really important resource in the history of organic gardening in the United States. So I was, I, I lucked into this volume and this started to help me build a knowledge base. Because for me in gardening, the, the intellectual part, the head wants to be united with the heart and the hands. So I was enjoying this physical work, but I also didn't want to give up the thinking part of me. And this showed me that farming and gardening is really this amazing dance of so many different elements. And it really takes a deep understanding to get to the bottom of it. I mean, we really don't get to the bottom of it. That's the enticement. That's the excitement. But to try, to try to understand soil, to try to understand microbes, to try to understand plants, the ecological interactions, the complexities, it's wonderful, delicious stuff. And so this book was feeding me on so many levels. It was, it was coming at just the right time. I knew it was time to make a deeper plunge and I found my next and, and perhaps most important mentor. This is a, a book that written by Trauger Grow, The Farms of Tomorrow, and Stephen McFadden. Let me produce the, luckily I had saved, there's Trauger, and I'm in conversation with him. Uh, Trauger was a German farmer who immigrated to the United States. He brought with him community-supported farming to the United States. CSA Farming, Trauger was one of the pioneers. I totally lucked into him. I had no idea what a CSA was. I had never worked on a farm. I just knew I was getting interested in gardening and farming. Somebody suggested I go out and meet him. I did, and pretty soon I was volunteering. Shortly after that, I left my job, my teaching job at a, at a high school, and I was an apprentice farmer at Trauger Grows Farm in West Wilton, New Hampshire. This was amazing because now I truly began my farming journey. I was learning the real deal the long hours, the, 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 the back, sometimes back breaking work, but I was loving it. It was, it was feeding my soul. It was everything I wanted. And that launched me on my journey as I, as I came to Portland, Oregon, uh, where I was going to spend the rest of my life at this point, uh, to begin a community supported farm in Portland, and then to go out from there to do all kinds of education, to start a rooftop garden and, consult with various people. Farming and gardening is my life in so many ways. It's not my only passion, of course. We all have a lot of other passions, but it answers that need to address the ongoing crisis we're having in our culture with respect to our planet. It's, it puts me in um, very confidently in, in, a, in a line of action that I know is good and positive. It produces delicious food for myself, for my family, I'm teaching kids how to grow food. I feel so good about that contribution that I'm able to make. When you can produce food, you always have a gift for people. It's just the most wonderful thing. And it just gets me always in the greater natural world, interacting with, looking at the birds, watching the sky, noticing the weather, paying attention to the trees, just being with in all the different seasons and in all the different ways, being with earth in all those ways. So for me, 
this journey has been so wonderful. And I, and I know you share those passions. I know you have your own story. I know you have your own mentors, but I'm just asking you in this first episode to reflect, to give thanks for those people and those even, even random books or, or tools that might've come your way or a great meal at a, at a great restaurant that excited your passion about food, whatever it is, think about it let's give thanks for that kind of stuff for that journey that we've all been on and now i'm just looking so much forward to this chapter the let's get growing live chapter enoch has an amazing vision he wants to share with you so many top gardeners are going to tell you their stories are going to give you their tips and all nbc here is going to try to do his part too so next week we'll be in the grow room We'll be looking at how to organize our seeds and do all that sort of thing. Start looking at some of the garden planning as we plunge into the season. And I'm just so excited to take this journey with you. So thanks so much for being with me during these minutes. And I will see you next week. So, all right. Awesome. Awesome. Again, it's just really a pleasure to have our friend Mark join with us each week to share all of his garden insights and knowledge and all of that. We really really look forward to what he brings to us in the coming weeks. So now it's time again for probably one of my favorite segments of our show, Garden Stories. Now this week, we're sharing the garden story of our associate producer, Michelle Hathrell, and uh, Michelle had always wanted to be a gardener. Every spring, she would tell herself to grow something. She often tried to grow some herbs or a tomato on her balcony, but never did any research or paid attention to the seasons, so they always died. <laughs> she says when her twins were two, they moved to a condo in Upland, California, with a four-foot-by-four-foot dirt-growing space. Her daughter, Ray, needed to be engaged constantly, so she decided to teach her to garden. Ray loved gardening so much that she got us a plot in the community garden, and from then on, they were hooked. Ray, Ray and Michelle would spend hours every day in their garden, and they even taught a gardening class at the community garden for kids, and Ray did most of the teaching. Then, over the, pa over the past six years, uh, she has dedicated a huge amount of her time to studying gardening through YouTube, podcasts, and gardening books. In 2021, they sold their small house in Southern California to buy a house on a two-and-a-half-acre in Southern Oregon to grow a huge garden on. And so far, they have put in eight fruit trees, 18 berry bushes and have had 100 asparagus crowns coming up in the next month so awesome 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 to hear our associate producer michelle's garden story here on garden stories and we'd love to hear all of your garden stories as well too so again check out our website at letsgetgrowing.live where you can hit that get involved tab up at the top of the page and fill out a form so that you can submit your garden story to us here so we could share it on the air and 
share your garden story with all of our audience. Plus, another way to also join in and share your garden stories throughout the season is to join our Facebook group, the Let's Get Growing Gardening group. And there you can share all of your pictures and stories and different things going on. You could uh, ask some questions or even answer some questions for other gardeners to help them along with their gardening experience as well too. So we really look forward to seeing you in our gardening community. Are you, are you, are you following me? Are you following me, dude? All right, this is our Instagram segment, Are You Following Me? Where this week we are following our friend, Jennifer Newbauer from the Hook and Garden Instagram. Jennifer is an avid vegetable gardener from South or from West Hampton Beach, New York. And uh, it's really great to have Jennifer along with us here today. Hey, Hi, Jennifer, Nick. how are we doing? It's good to have you with us. Thanks for joining our show. Oh, thanks for having me. Look at that planty paradise you're sitting in. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Actually, one of my first passions in growing was growing house plants that I got to do throughout most of my childhood. It wasn't until later on in my adulthood that I got started with vegetable gardening, which really kind of changed my whole perspective on growing and, and all of that as well, too. So again, it's really great to have you here. And first thing I wanted to ask you about is your Instagram page. It's called mm -hmm. Hook and Garden. Yeah. Can you tell us the story behind the name Hook and Garden. Yeah, definitely. So we live in coastal Long Island, New York. And um, when I was thinking about creating this page, it was a means to document a lifestyle uh, that my family lives, which is sea and garden to table. Oops, one sec, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't know what happened. Oh, I'm connected to my, so a sea and garden to table. And what's nice about that is that um, my husband is big into fishing and I'm, um, I also um, do a little bit of oyster farming and um, we're just really attached to the local um, waters and the ocean in a lot of different ways. And then I'm rooted in, in my garden um, in a homesteading, kind of a, a new age homesteading capacity. So growing our own food and preserving, cooking. So Hook and Garden came from, from this hope to document a lifestyle that is specific to me, which is sea and garden to table, mixed in with a little bit of wellness and um, a whole lot of fun. Excellent, excellent. That's really great. And uh, really do enjoy your Instagram page. You share so many really great reels and all these really fun tips and everything. And you can really tell that you have a lot of fun when you're growing in the garden as well, too. So yeah. what are some of the things that uh, you're looking forward to and you're growing in your garden this year? So to know me is to know that I love tomatoes. Um, tomatoes and peppers are probably some of my most favorite items to grow. Um, just because there are so many incredible varieties and, and each year I try to add something new to the mix. 
Uh, I love to, like I mentioned before, um, I love to can and jar. So all of those incredible tomatoes making confit and sauces, it, it's something that I love to have throughout the winter. So tomatoes, one. Two, I would say are peppers because I enjoy making hot sauces as well. So lots of fun varieties of different peppers that I'm going to be growing this year. And then something that's new that I'm growing that I'm a little bit excited about are fava beans. So that's something that I will be growing this season that I've not grown in my garden before. So adding something new to the, the mix and hoping for the best. Awesome. Do you have any uh, favorite varieties of tomatoes that you mm. like and peppers? Yeah. So uh, for peppers, my my favorite variety of a spicy pepper is a scotch bonnet. Okay. I just love the fruity flavor that they have and they pair well with inside of a hot sauce. They're, they've got a good amount of kick to them, but they have also flavor, which for me is yeah. the best of all worlds. I traveled to um, Barbados and their signature hot sauce, which you will find at every restaurant, that the Scotch bonnet is the base of all of their hot sauces. And I fell in love with it. So I started growing it. And now it's the base of all my hot sauces as well. As far as tomatoes are concerned, there is a small truss cherry tomato that I grew last year that I trellised. And it was an incredibly fruitful variety of, of tomato. Um, another one that I am excited to grow is called, um, I'm going to start, I'm going to try to do some, some, um, container tomatoes this year. So it's called the, the Mex, the Mexican midget, I believe it is. So okay. that's another one. And then there's also one that's a yellow ox heart, which is a, uh, a big variety. It's a yellow beefsteak style tomato. So that's another one there there i could literally go on and i've planted <laughs> over 30 varieties of tomatoes just yesterday <laughs> just all right excellent so you already got a really good start on your tomato growing season this year yeah. in fact i'm going to be getting mine started here in a couple of weeks i'm already starting to plan out all of my peppers mm -hmm. one of my favorite peppers when it comes to that level is uh sugar rush peach yes now that's one. one that has some really good flavor to it as well mm -hmm. i really like that and again too i love growing tomatoes as much as any other gardener does we right. grow probably about a dozen different varieties wow. each year here in our alleyway gardens that we have and this year as i mentioned last week too we're really kind of focusing on heat tolerant tomatoes mm -hmm. because we are getting incredible amounts of heat here on the west coast and especially oh, wow. in our southern oregon valley and last season, I wasn't getting very much production off of my tomato plants because of the extreme heat. So mm. I did have a couple of varieties. I think I mentioned last week, Big Red Chief is one of the ones that just did extremely well for containers and for the heat and, mm -hmm. uh, and that. And we're going to be looking at some other varieties as well, too, coming up here. Now, when it comes to gardening, do you find or can you tell us about any of the sort of challenges you have in the garden or any sort of plants or varieties that kind of give you a little trouble? Definitely. I think that there's always challenges within the garden, right? Because you are dealing with something that's living. So there's only yeah. so many controls that you can control. 
So there's always going to be elements that are out of your out of your hands that you you have no control over. So in that there's there's always a bit of mystery to the garden, right? Because when we look at what affects the garden, it's you know um, the temperature, like you were just mentioning. It's the weather that we end up getting. Is it a, a warmer summer? Is it a cooler summer? Um, is there a lot of rain? So there's there's only so many things that you can control within the garden. So um, I always find that it's it's really dependent upon how the season kind of pans out for a lot of different vegetables. So you're you're always in some state of gray zone with the garden that you have to be a little bit a little bit flexible and agile as far as you know um, your expectations are concerned. So there's that. Um, there's always pest pressure, right? I'm an organic gardener and, um, there's always pest pressure. So, you know, just, just working with the pests because, you know, they do actually belong there, um, and creating a garden in a sense of companion planting and, and making sure that I'm setting myself up for success in that regard. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's something that you're, as long as you've been doing it, and, and I've, I've been gardening for probably my entire life, there's always something that you're going to learn, right? It's, it's never something that you know everything. And if you're just open to learning and you're open to, um, you know, maybe something not going the way that you expected it to, then it's, it's fun. Yes, excellent. And I totally just along right along with most every other gardener out there feel you when it comes to press, <laughs> pest pressure It is mm -hmm. definitely the biggest challenge in almost any garden. But you're totally correct about the ideas that, you know, most pests, you know, are a part of the garden ecosystem. And if you're doing and working things just right, you can find mm -hmm. a balance between what's happening and all of that. And one of my mm -hmm. other big advices, too, is just grow more of what you're trying to grow that way you know if something does kind of get taken you know you'll always have plenty left over as well too 100 um, yeah and how about uh, some future projects for your instagram or things that you're uh, looking to accomplish so i am for my instagram for me this is um a platform that I'm passionate about to, sh to share this knowledge in a consumable format, right? I think when people look at, at gardening, it can sometimes be a little overwhelming, but my hope is that I can share tidbits of information with people that help them to learn a little bit more about gardening so that they'll try it, right? Because growing your own food, there's nothing quite like it. And teaching your children where your food comes from um, I think it's a really important thing that we've not completely lost, but I think we're a little bit a little bit detached from as a society. Yeah. So um, my mission is to to educate and to continue to grow this platform in a in a way that I can reach more people to help them to garden or try it. And you know that that's kind of my hopes for for this platform. Excellent. That's a really good mission when it comes down mm -hmm. to it. Absolutely. And it also looks like we have a question or so for me from our audience right now. So Great. let's see, we've got Michelle asks, does Jen use fish as fertilizer? 
Mm -hmm. I do. So um, being that I'm in coastal New York, like I had mentioned before, um, I do use a lot of fish fertilizer. Uh, I have a local company actually that creates their own fish fertilizer here on Long Island. And I also use different types of kelp to mulch my beds in the wintertime. So it's kind of a fun, fun way to protect your soil through the elements of winter. And it also nourishes and feeds and breaks down within that soil so that it acts as almost like a natural compost. So yes. Awesome. And we also have Jay Dixon says, I noticed that your YouTube channel focuses on shorts. Any particular reason for that choice? Um, so I just started to post content to my YouTube channel. So nothing particularly specific about choosing shorts. It was just the easiest thing I could start with. But my plan is, as now the garden season is ramping up, to post a lot more um, longer length videos, educational content over on YouTube. So my my goal is to really boost up the other side of that, which is those longer, you know, more full length content videos. Shorts are just easy because I can take what I'm producing on um, the other platforms. I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on YouTube. And I can I can kind of mirror that across the board. So it, it makes it a little easier for me to just get content out there. Excellent. Yep. And all right. Well, that is awesome. And it's excellent to hear from you here this week. And I really uh, had a pleasure talking with you. And thanks for sharing with us your different ventures on Instagram and all of that. And um, look forward to seeing all the different content that you put out there. Again, thank you so much for joining with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I just am so excited for the, the upcoming season. So happy gardening. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Let's Get Growing is sponsored by IV Organic. IV Organic all-purpose fertilizers offer your plants everything they need to have the most productive, fruitful, and longest-lasting lives. For all plants, including your fruit trees, vegetables, ornamentals, and roses and flowers, in-ground or potted plants, young and established, the six macronutrients that all plants need. Macronutrients are those elements that plants need in abundance and include nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, sulfur and calcium nitrogen helps with the greening of the plants and the growth phosphorus for abundance of flowers and fruits plus drought tolerance potassium is for disease resistance root development and strength magnesium is the heart of the chlorophyll molecule which is responsible for photosynthesis converting waters and carbon dioxide with light energy into sugar molecules sulfur helps green pale plants turn dark green and necessary for optimal plant metabolic processes and calcium the building block of all plant cell walls. Ivory Organic all-purpose fertilizers have it all in both the Super and Premium Blend products. The Super Blend simply has a higher percentage of the macronutrients plus azomite, which is derived from volcanic ash deposits to offer your plants many of the micronutrients too. The product can be applied to the soil or as a foliar feed and even as a supplement to your compost tea. Ivory Organic all-purpose fertilizers are organic, effective USA-made products to maximize the productivity, health, and life of all plants and trees. Keep growing with Ivory Organics and wishing you all happy gardening.
So, all right, this is the part of the show where we like to dig into some of the questions and comments that you've been leaving for us in our chat box here for all of our live audience. And again, if you're watching on the replay too, we'd also love to hear from you as well too. So just get down in the comment section. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave us some comments. If you got some questions that we could answer for you in our upcoming shows, please do that. We'd love to hear from you. And it uh, looks like we've got a comment here from Ivy Organic. Oh, all right. It's our sponsor, Ivy Organic. And he says he's looking forward to the interview of Gardner Scott. Awesome. Yes, Charles, I'm looking forward to that conversation as well, too. I got to have a really cool, fun conversation with uh, Gardner Scott on his live stream this last Monday, too. So after this show, be sure to go over and check out that conversation as well on his channel. It was a really fun discussion on all sorts of things in gardening. And again, we got Michelle uh, say, asking, uh, can't wait to see what Gardner, Garden State Gardener is all about. All right. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Again, we've got that uh, channel of the week segment coming up here in just a little bit on the show. And so again, too, also, please go ahead and just leave questions too, like we did there with our last segment for our guests coming up and we will try to answer some of those questions as we get into those interviews. Now, one of the things we're also covering in this part of the show as well too is our question of the week for the audience and over on our Facebook group, the Let's Get Growing Gardening group. This last week, we asked the question, what do you enjoy most about gardening and we had several different comments left to us on the facebook group there and the first one we had was from karen wadley she said she loves the beauty and yummy food don't we all that is one of the best things about gardening for sure all of that yummy food and we had a comment left from carol vogler saying feeling of being part of nature looking at the shapes and patterns of the leaves the texture of the blooms all the day by day changes and wonder of it all yes that's just a lot of what we all love about the garden as well too we had a comment from nathan as well said the anticipation of the final gift that you receive life and then our good friend and audience member and follower of our channels from the very beginning, Nancy Hood, uh, sent in a comment saying she loves snacking on peas, cherry tomatoes, spinach leaves, strawberries. Some make it to the house. <laughs> and uh, digging potatoes and garlic and going barefoot. Well, everything she says she loves everything i love everything about gardening as well too and one of the things i really enjoy most about gardening is the escape and deeper connection to life that i get from growing things being able to raise a plant from seed to harvest and most of all the benefits i get from working in the soil getting my hands dirty Life can be really rough sometimes, and being in the garden allows me to process those difficulties and re-energize. 
so that I can go back out into the big bad world for some more. As I say or read somewhere once, soil is the medium of life. It's where it all begins and where it all ends. So again, thank you all so much for going to our Facebook group, the Let's Get Growing group, where we will have our question of the week posted and pinned to the top of the page so that you can all leave us all of your different comments about and answer these questions that we have. So this week's question of the week is, what are you most looking forward to this season in your garden? Again, be sure to go check out our Facebook group there so you can answer those questions and we will read some of your answers to those questions in next week's episode. Hi, Ultimate Gardeners. Hi, my name is Nathan. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Rachel. Now it's time for our channel of the week segment. And this week we are uh, joined by Joseph Kozlowski of Garden State Gardener. Hey, Hi, everyone. <laughs> How are you doing? It's really awesome to have you here on our show with us this week. Thanks for um, jumping in and filling in, too. Well, I was expecting to come in three weeks, and all of a sudden you need some help. I'm like, sure, I could do it. But I, <laughs> I Uber on a part-time. And oh, last man. night, so I start my day off. I do medical billing as my other job. And I work 7.30 to 5 o'clock. And then I Ubered all the way till 3.30. And then I had a ride to the airport at 5. And yeah. so then I went to bed at 7. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. let's go. We're going to get growing today. <laughs> Can't wait for the show. <laughs> that is so awesome. Again, really glad that you were able to fit us into all of that busy life that you have there. And we all got to do what we need to do, right? That's right. That's and thank right. you for everybody coming that's uh i see a lot of people like arsenic element brampton gardener a lot of people that go on my show on sunday ben genetics uh, idaho garden girl wicked awesome gardening thank you guys for coming on i yeah, appreciate it a, uh, awesome yes it's awesome to see all of them in our comment section here and hopefully everybody will jump in and ask some questions that we can uh, also ask of you here during this interview. But first thing I want to dig into, Joe, is just a little bit about your garden story. What got you into gardening and putting your garden on YouTube? Okay, well, I started gardening when I was five years old. And I remember my mom would have a big garden. I, I grew up next to a farm, too. And so my mom... I remember getting yelled at for the first time when I was five years old, <laughs> holding a sprayer, pouring, <laughs> pouring full jet stream at the vegetables. And it was like, my mom, stop, stop. You can't do that. And it's funny because when I started my son off, he did the same exact thing. <laughs> I'm like, stop, stop, stop. And so uh, when I really got into gardening, it was probably around eight years old. And my, my uh, neighbor would uh, come on over and talk to me about gardening. And my father always gave me a great piece of advice. He goes, if somebody talks to you, make sure you look them in the eye and pay attention to everything they say, because they're important to you. You should be important to them. So make sure you listen. They don't have to talk to you. And so my neighbor was in his 70s at the time. He was that little Polish accent. And I would listen to everything he says. And he always talked to me about gardening. And I always listen, listen, listen. And 
then they made this greatest iced tea. I have no idea. It had straw in it and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> Maybe a little liquor. I have no idea. But I was a little kid, and we just drank water. And I'm like, you were, you grew up as a kid. You were outside the whole time, you know? And so you're like, oh, what do I want to drink? So I went for the iced tea. I went up the hill, and I'm like, oh, man, I, can't, I hope they have iced tea. I hope they have iced tea. And it was and, and I would go up there to talk to me about gardening and I just kept on learning and learning and learning and then putting stuff into, uh, like I always say, you put something in your pocket, right? You learn something, put it in your pocket. And if you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't, you know, you just always, you always learn just like in sports, you learn. It doesn't matter. Farmers, you always learn. Um, it doesn't matter what age you are. That's right. That's right. Well, that's awesome that you got to get into gardening from such a young age, something I kind of wish that I had had when I was growing up, especially after, you know, I got older and started learning more about gardening and growing food for myself and all of that was, you know, man, I really wish I would have gotten into this just a little bit younger. But, you know, it's awesome to hear about how that was for you, too. So um, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you really enjoy growing in your garden each year. Uh, tomatoes and peppers is my favorite. Just like most of us, tomatoes and peppers, yeah. you can't wait to get into. Last year, I tore my Achilles tendon right when I was ready to bring everything out. So I was going to grow 300 varieties, varieties of tomatoes. And I'm like, had everything started, had everything outside. And then I tore my Achilles tendon and I haven't made it outside since. Oh, my. <laughs> so my whole last year was a disaster. The year oh, before, no. my son came down with cancer. Oh, and really? so here I had everything growing, and it was oh, I had a great season going. Everything was going great, and then uh, we, he was yeah, he was in the hospital for forty four days. He had surgery, and it was you know, it's it's been a journey with him, um, but he's my son's yeah. okay. But growing organics yeah. very important, so um, that's what I try to concentrate on. Yeah, a nice, well, nice balance, uh, or, organic fertilizer and grow it that way because it's, you know, yeah, it's, our it's food. the way to go. It's, it's the, the way, way to go for sure. And really sorry to hear about the, about your son and all of that too. I hope that he's doing really well too by now. It's, it's going to, it's a journey. We still have a lot of stuff to work right now. We got the mass out, which was very important, um, which was the, his mass was on arteries of his heart. Oh. And it was, uh, and it was the largest mass ever recorded. So oh. it's, uh, it's very similar. It's called Castleman disease. It's very similar to Hodgkin's disease. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. and there's different variations of it. And yeah. uh, oh, it's, it's been hard. But right now he has a, his diaphragm is paralyzed because um, they hit the neuric. I always mess that term up nerve. Yeah. And so that paralyzes diaphragm. And so, we're dealing with that now. So it's one thing, it's another, it's another, but I got a good boy. He's, uh, he's very special. He's, he's a, he's a great right. boy. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, from all of us here at let's get growing, we really wish you all the best there too, when it comes down to that, bless all of your hearts and, and hope the best when it comes to that situation. Um, now how about some of your plans? Cause you were telling me you've got some plans for this year's garden and what you've got growing on in your garden this year. Yeah. Let me, you know, let me show you two things I do. Um, when I start my seeds, right. Yeah. Um, a couple of I never seen people do this. 
Uh, I, st I start start them off in a jippy uh, green, green set. Okay. Something very simple. Then I put them in the solo cup. But what I do is I use these labels. So right. I'll go like one of three and I, I diagram it and then I put it right here on a corner. And so it'll go down this whole side. And then I use this tape to make sure there uh, it doesn't get wet because if it gets wet, it smears. If you put the tape over, it doesn't smear. And so I always, and then I take a book log and then I, I'll put everything in a book. So I, I'm starting seeds tonight. So I'm, I, I can't wait to start seeds. And so that's very, very important. And then, you know, when you're growing so many, especially peppers, I've been collecting these. I go to the dollar store and I get something like this and I put them next to the plant and I label it. And the most important thing is make sure when you use your Sharpie, like I use fade, fade resistant Sharpies. And then you put your, where you get your uh, seeds from and the plant, and this will last forever. Okay. And so you keep on collecting them sooner or later, you're good. You know, cause everybody yeah. puts these other labels in the ground, you know, uh, you know, these things and things. Yeah. They're, that's the reason why I label on the outside because when you close when you close the the jiffy uh, thing up, yeah. these labels always get in the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's when right. you label on the outside, you never need these. Yeah, I really and, like that idea with the dollar store label there too, giving a yeah. more permanent idea too. And then similar with those type of uh, plastic labels like you're talking about, even with those sharpies. I still find that they fade out by mid-season and you're wondering again, what in the world did I plant in this space? So that's a really good idea to utilize the, something like that. These are awesome. I'm so happy. You just got to make sure you use the right marker. Don't right. use a cheap Sharpie. Make sure you use something fade resistant, you know, like the ones I just yeah. showed. And uh, I mean, these work amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's there forever. And whatever you want to put, you scratch it out or use the other side. And this works awesome. All right. Oh, well, so, it looks so. like we have a question for you from our audience here. Let's see. Oh, we got a question in from Michelle. Do you have anything growing right now, or do you have to wait for warmer weather? Um, my main thing right now is cleaning up my garden because all a mess last year. So I'm just more or less getting ready for seed starting right now. My peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini. Um that's why I'm going to be starting soon. Of course, you start your hot peppers first. The hotter the pepper, the more general, the longer term it has to grow. Um, we, we don't plant until the 15th of May. So, and, you know, Sounds if you put like tomatoes that. or peppers in the ground, they're just stunting your plant if you don't grow them in a warm, temp, warm enough temperature, warm enough yeah. soil. So yeah. May 15th, we had uh, a freeze two years ago around a 26th. Yeah. you know, of May. So, yeah. so be we here too. sounds like you got a pretty similar situation that we have here too. May 15th is about our last frost date here as well. And I'll probably be getting all of my pepper plants getting started here probably within this next week. So we can get a good like eight to 10 weeks of growth indoors before we get them planted outdoors for our season. Now with my hot peppers, I'm growing 650 varieties of hot peppers. That's a lot. <laughs> and, and so I've been collecting <laughs> from here. Oh, wow. And uh, let me show you some things. 
Now I like uh I seen you had Jimmy Pickles on, you know, jppepperseeds.com. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh I pretty much have every single pepper he's he has. Oh, nice. And he's uh, got quite a collection too. And I'm so excited. I mean, I can't wait to grow these because they're all isolated. So you know yeah. you're getting the right seed, right? A lot of other yep. companies they don't have that. Yeah, there's nothing worse than getting a pepper seed and you want to really grow this pod and you get to the point where they're starting to produce them and you find out that they don't produce the pods you were looking for. There's nothing more disappointing than getting the wrong type of seed than what you were looking forward to. And that's one of the things that's really great about Jimmy's pepper shop is that uh, he uh, isolates all of his seeds. And uh, this last year, we grew out his primatali peppers that he had to grow out the hottest pepper for a contest that i was in so it was re really good to get seeds from him as well too yeah he's and, and I, I tell you what the seeds germinate great i never had a problem germinating his seeds yeah sounds like lots of rice any of those out of those are really some of your favorite peppers um you know what's funny is i had diverticulitis <laughs> so i got to be careful when i have right you know, peppers right out of the garden. So I got to make sure I either chop them up. I don't, I love jalapenos. I love the all uh, orange spice, uh, the ones from Baker's Creek, the orange spice, pumpkin spice, all those jalapenos. Oh, they make a great salsa. You kind of combine those all together. They're, it's amazing. What a color when you have all those jalapenos and they're all different hot, have levels of heat too. So it's like you yeah. taste this. Oh, that's not bad. Also, next one. Whoa, a little hot. <laughs> you know, I, I yeah. love it. And the primitale. I seen the primitale video of your friend trying the primitale. That's hot. Oh, that's, man. <laughs> that's in the top three. That's in the yeah, top three. I, was, I couldn't believe that he volunteered to do that. And I'll tell you what, I'm not the type to go and be eating those level of heat when it comes to peppers. It was awesome to have him on our live stream to uh, try those out. But I've never in my life seen tears shoot out of somebody's <laughs> face before like that i'm telling you it is something to check out you have to go back onto my uh for anybody watching who wants to see that go back onto my uh, uh youtube channel page my video page and or the live page for that uh, live stream and check that out it was a really fun video now Enoch, the best thing everybody can have hot peppers and the best yeah. way to do it is you dehydrate them so yeah. and then you, i put them in salt shakers okay and like this is brazilian starfish red so i like yeah. i use jimmy's labels i just take them off put them on a salt shaker you top it off keep it fresh you know off a tough tough label then you put the other one on and you can have these anytime you want awesome yeah that's the way to go right oh, there right. huh that way you oh. can just make sure you're only getting just a little bit if you want a little bit exactly you can really douse it on there if you're really looking to charge it up so Jimmy sent me all these hot, all these powders to taste. I'm like, oh man, how am I going to do this? So I had a show called Pierogi Monday where I had the pierogies and I tried oh. all the peppers, all the things. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. <laughs> I never <laughs> knew it was going to be that good. And I'm yeah, like, everybody, awesome. and I'm just like, everybody could have these hot peppers. Everybody should be trying these hot peppers. The culinary world has no idea what they're missing right now when they're uh, right. with the hot uh the hot pepper powders. It's, yeah, it's yeah. one thing that's really missing. 
Yeah, that was really kind of one of my first real loves and growing in the garden was all of the different varieties of peppers there were. And not only that, as I like to say, is that peppers, you've got all the really cool different pods, whether you're growing from sweet to hot peppers, but the plants themselves are just really interesting. You know, all pepper varieties have a different temperament in the way that they grow. And so that's one of the fun things about growing peppers is the challenge of growing these different varieties of them, you know, so that's one of the things I love about it. I love growing peppers, really exciting to see uh, how you've got plans to get into your garden and grow 650 varieties. That's going to be quite, you got, that's got to, it takes quite a bit of space, huh? So, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, And I'm also growing the sweet peppers too. You know, so out of the hot peppers, I'll grow like three plants each. So or somewhere as close to 2000 hot pepper plants. And then from sweet peppers, um, because I heard you talk about uh, the couple peppers that you liked. Yeah. Um, like the Lesia pepper. Lesia is delicious. I love this pepper. I think this really pepper is spectacular pods just spectacular pods those things are just beautiful that deep red dark color it's awesome i'm also also trying to orange lesia too Ooh, that one i'm looking forward to that one i'm gonna have to try that one and a marconi i love the marconi yes marconis are good oh here's the one that you were talking about too the Yes, those are so delicious. Again, another one with just such beautiful, deep color. I love the pods. And uh, that plant really just grew so well. Very productive. And I, I like the king of the north. That yeah. grows really good here in New Jersey. So Awesome. And I have other, other ones. But, um, and tomatoes. Um, I <laughs> There's just one tomato. It's called the... I got these from uh, Curtis Jackson. I don't know if you ever heard of Curtis Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, the goat bag tomato, it is oh. huge. It is, and it's like a paste tomato, but it's like almost a two pound tomato oh, <laughs> for very wow. little seeds. It's great That's, for sauce. Big. And they only grow about seven or eight per plant, but they're like, yeah. you look at it and it's like, oh my God, I will always grow this tomato in my garden. Um, the, Angelina's heart is another great tomato. I love that tomato. The West Virginia sweet meat. Oh, yeah. Another huge tomato. And a hoi tomato. These are all from Curtis Jackson. I know it's not a good variation of, uh, there's no pictures there. Curtis T. Maters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pictures, tomatoes, and pictures. (laughs) That's right. Right. He has so many great varieties, too. I love seeing all of his pictures. I've got him on my Facebook. So, and always everybody loves the Sun Goldsmith. Oh, yes. That's a Sun Goldsmith. That that has got to be probably one of the most popular tomatoes there is out there for sure. And I like awesome, Joe. And I like growing a black cherry tomato, too. Yep. And, you know, of course, a lot of others and stuff. So awesome. Awesome. That's really great. Um, real quick. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what you've got coming up for your uh, channel this year. Well, for me, I, I love promoting channels. I promote channels every single day because I, I used to coach high school sports. Right. And when you have that little guy, he's more important than a big guy. 
Because yeah. sooner or later, a little guy is going to gradually build up. And that's the way I look at YouTube channels. I like I like uh, supporting all every single channel um, and let them grow. Let them grow with yeah. me. Let them grow with the community. Uh, that's right. Welcome in, Indiana Backyard Gardener. She's uh, what a what a great gardener she is too. Anyway, I'm I'm all about promoting channels. Uh, I think it's so much fun. I have my Sunday Fun Day show where I do an interview for about 40 minutes, and then I give away free seeds and yarn and hot sauce. I like hot sauce. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I love. Uh, nice I get those from Pucker, but but I, I love I love helping people, and yeah. uh, whatever I could do to help people. Um, in whatever way I can, I try to do. So yeah, that's, that's very important. Definitely. Definitely. One of the things I really like about your channel, it's why I put you on my list for channel of the week, because that's exactly the sort of thing that we're looking to accomplish with this segment on our show is to bring up some of the smaller, uh, YouTube gardeners out there who've got some really great channels who are out there sharing what they're doing and their experiences and, uh, you know, all the different things that they've got growing on. And um, it's just, you know, it's just one of the things I love the most about the gardening community is our ability to connect with each other. And again, that's exactly what we're looking to do here. And uh, again, it's been a real pleasure to have you here with us on our second channel of the week for our uh, show here. And again, thank you again, too, for jumping in and and uh, getting in here our last minute and being our channel of the week this week. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, everybody in the chat for coming and supporting me. I really appreciate that. And uh, and Charles, your sponsor, what a great guy he is. Um, yeah. I tried his, I had his plant guard. Oh, it works outstanding. So yeah. check out Charles. He's going to be uh, at IB Organics. He's a great sponsor of Let's Get Grown. He is the sponsor of Let's Get Grown, right? That's right. Yeah, he and, is. And uh, check check Charles out. He's he's a great he's a great guy. Great guy. Awesome, awesome. Again, thank you so much, Joe, and uh, bless you and your family. I hope you have a really really great gardening season. And thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, you got it. And now it's time for our featured guest. This week's featured guest is one of my favorite gardeners on YouTube, Scott Wilson of the Gardener Scott channel. Now, Scott is an avid garden educator. He is a Colorado master gardener and has taught a thousand students each year as the managing master gardener for the Galileo project, Garden Project. Scott has appeared on podcasts in the US and UK and collaborates with gardeners and garden projects in many countries. His Gardener Scott YouTube channel has hundreds of gardening videos with more than 29 million views and more than 335,000 subscribers from all around the world. Scott is also a retired U.S. Air Force command pilot. He has two children and five grandchildren. He enjoys traveling, good food, and new experiences. All right, so let's welcome Scott, Gardener Scott, to our Let's Get Growing live cast. Hey, Scott, hey, it's good to it. see you again. Good to see you. I like that little bit of applause when you showed that, that <laughs> introduction. That was a nice addition. 
Excellent. Yes. Awesome. Again, thank you for uh, being with us here for our second show. Uh, again, um, our first shows here we have are just really people that I really enjoy watching and, and viewing myself. And as I like to tell people when it comes to gardening, Gardener Scott is the quintessential gardener of YouTube. I appreciate that. I, I saw that in, in one of your posts and and I I was amazed by that. I think of myself as just a regular gardener who happens to have a YouTube channel. So I appreciate it when other YouTubers are saying nice things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well deserved, Scott. Um, you have, again, as we mentioned in your bio there, um, lots of views on lots of different uh, videos when it comes to all manner of gardening, all subjects. You cover so many different things and with such great detail. I mean, just the information you give just truly shows that you are a master gardener. Well, thanks. Excellent. Excellent. So first thing I want to dig into is basically your garden story. You know, it's one of the things yeah. that we like to talk about here on our show uh, is about what is our garden experiences and how did you get started when it comes to gardening? Well, I was a bit of a late bloomer to use a gardening term. My parents never gardened. I had very few gardeners in my family. My aunt was really the only gardener I knew growing up. And when I was probably about 11 years old, I was visiting my aunt who lived in California. And it was time for dinner, time to put the salad together. She asked for my help. I went out to the garden to pick tomatoes with her. And she was teaching me how to do that because no one else had ever shown me anything about gardening. And she handed me one of those tomatoes from that hot California sun and told me to eat it there in the garden, which was totally foreign to me as a city kid. And it blew up in my mouth, literally, just that juice exploding from the tomato, and then it blew my mind. It's one of those life events that you just can't forget. And went home, again, nobody in my life gardened, but almost 20 years later when I owned my first house in Montana, and I had young kids of my own, I thought I would start a garden to try to recreate that moment. And while I've had many wonderful gardening moments in my life, I don't know that I've ever really recreated that moment because it was just so memorable. And so that was about 30 years ago that I started a backyard garden of my own, and it's just been steady progression since then getting more and more experience on my journey. Yeah, yeah, that's similar to my story as well, is, you know, I, I again, too, as you can see in the background, I had houseplants all throughout growing up. My mother was an avid houseplant grower, and, and I found a fascination with that, but it took until I was, you know, just, you know, about 12 years ago, in fact, when I first got to grow my first vegetable plant or yeah. fruiting plant, and uh, it was cucumbers. And again, when we got to eat those, similar like you're talking about with the tomato, it was just, you know, like I said, a light bulb just clicked up above. And just uh, from there, my passion for gardening just, just there you go. 
ignited. It just ignited. And I, I mean, I exploded onto the food growing scene when it came down to it because I was, I was out trying to utilize whatever little space I could find in order to grow whatever I could. Because I just wanted to try to grow anything and everything there was to grow. And I still Absolutely. got a ton of things on my list <laughs> when it comes down to it. So again, real quick. Uh, so when was it when you first got your first garden growing? So that was uh, about 35 years ago now in, in Montana. Yeah. And at the time, I knew nothing about hardiness zones or soil or anything. I didn't know that I lived in a, a zone 4A and that my season was only about two and a half months long. And so that first garden wasn't very successful. But yeah. my kids, my son in particular, still remembers being a kid and walking through the garden and picking the few things that did survive. And it's been that long ago. Wow. Yeah. What a great experience for your kids, though, too. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So um, what are some of your favorite plants to grow when it comes to the garden? Well, so I, I, I'm not sure if it's in an effort to recreate that moment with my aunt, but I thoroughly enjoy being in the garden and yeah. eating the harvest from the garden. So my favorite plants to grow are the raspberries and the strawberries and the cherry tomatoes and the, the, the peas and the beans, all those things that you can pick and eat directly in the garden. And, and I'm doing that now with my granddaughters in particular. I'm always growing something that when they come to visit the garden, they can recognize a plant and pluck off that sweet pea pod or pull the strawberry and eat it. Because I just think that experience is just incredible. So those are my favorite plants, a number of plants, but anything that I can eat right outside and enjoy it, those are my favorites. Yeah, again, nothing nothing like being able to harvest right out of the garden. And you know, there's just some things that I think as we had a comment earlier, uh, some things just don't make it into the house. Exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> they're just too good right out of the garden. Like you That's said, right. right out of the warm sun. You know, it's really awesome. Now, are there any plants that you, I mean, don't like to grow or have a challenge with when it comes down to it? So in my Colorado garden, most plants are a challenge. And and that's actually one of the things I like best about gardening is being confronted by that challenge and then overcoming the obstacles and the adversity and having success. And so even when a plant doesn't work out, I don't necessarily think of it as a, a, as a bad plant or one that I don't like growing because I usually try it again and again. But there are some when you have a very short season that just don't do well. And so this year, there are some like melons, for instance, I've been trying to grow a good melon for a number of years. And it's not that I don't like growing melons. It's just that they don't do well in my region. And so it takes up too much space and too much time. And I'm starting to cut back on those type of plants so that I can open up space for the ones that that do better and that I do enjoy more. And so it's that trade-off between growing something that you really enjoy or growing something that's a challenge and you enjoy the success from that challenge and 
as of right now, I like the idea of being able to eat those sweet cherry tomatoes in the garden and all those other things rather than struggling with plants that don't want to give me what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I totally feel you when it comes to melons, because that's probably one of the situations I've had over the last few seasons. But I get to the point where I'm just determined, I, I've got to get this figured out, you know, and my very first watermelon I grew my first watermelon plant did did great. I ended up having just this big, huge fruit that grew a couple of them, in fact, and they were just awesome. One of them, actually, because I grow in these alleyway spaces mm -hmm. and I get people walking through all the time. So one of them ended up coming up missing when it came down to it. It was so it looked so good, you know, but it still I don't think it was ripe. So I think they were in for a surprise <laughs> when they opened that thing up. But the issue then became the next few seasons for me. Yeah. Now, I had this initial success with that watermelon that first season and then the next few seasons, just nothing. I could barely get anything to grow or, or really fruit or do anything when it came down to it. But one of my favorite melons when it comes down to it is cantaloupe. Yeah. And uh, I've been trying and, and took me a couple of seasons. But this last year, I ended up with some of the most delicious cantaloupe that I've ever had or ever tasted. And again, you know, it's it's the one thing that comes from gardening and growing your own things you know, is that you just appreciate them more. They're just more tastier. They're delicious and yeah. way better than anything you're going to get in a store. Now, I can't find a ripe, sweet, delicious cantaloupe anywhere. For Well, then you need to come to Colorado because just down the road from me is Rocky Ford, just a small town. And that's yeah. one reason why I've given up growing melons, the cantaloupe in particular, because they are the most incredible cantaloupes and they're just yeah. down the road. And so, uh, uh yeah, that, Oregon isn't known for growing cantaloupe, but that's right. Rocky Ford, Colorado is. And I, I, I will admit that the best cantaloupe I've ever had was one that I grew accidentally. I had a Rocky Ford cantaloupe and I had okay. thrown the, the seeds into my compost pile. And the next year I just had a cantaloupe plant start growing. I didn't, plan for it it just started growing and i had one cantaloupe on that plant and i harvested it and it was incredible but like you were saying i tried for years after that and was never able to recreate that that delicious harvest yeah yeah like i said it just seems that you know because uh, i like them so much i keep trying and i you know and the and again it's probably because most of the time you just really need it need them for the season that mm -hmm. they're in and um yeah and again too there ain't nothing like having a volunteer volunteers are the miracles of the garden and right. when you can actually get them to grow out and you have some success with them it's really great but uh, again really love the cantaloupe and was just really amazed that i was able to finally get that challenge figured out in my garden now whether or not that actually you know lasts into future gardens we'll see but uh, again, I really love growing those as well, too. Oh, sure. So let's see here. Um, what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? You've got such a great channel. You've got a lot of Thanks. great followers and all of that. What inspired you at first to get all of that started? So I, I became a master gardener almost 20 years ago. And about 15 years ago, 
I actually started doing a blog and I was having a lot of fun doing the blog and talking about my garden and I just kind of dabbled in the, the YouTube world. So my first YouTube video I think was 11 years ago, but I really wasn't serious about it. And then I got involved with the Galileo School project where we had a 24,000 square foot space and a 42 foot dome greenhouse and there was nothing growing and it was my job to create a program. We ended up with over a hundred raised beds, dozens of fruit trees, and we harvested over a ton of food every year to help feed our school and our, our students. And at the time, I'd been teaching classes in the Master Gardener program for about a decade and thought I knew a lot. And relatively speaking, I did know a lot, but I didn't really know enough to be able to teach kids and to teach kids how to start a garden that size from scratch and so like most gardeners who are just starting out I went to YouTube for information and what I found was a lot of misinformation and a lot of things that really weren't accurate especially for a gardener in Colorado and as a master gardener and as a gardening educator I, I saw that I needed to change that. I, I needed to start making videos with accurate information and research-based information and also a channel to highlight those of us that had difficult regions to grow. Yeah. So many of the channels are from California or, or from Florida or Virginia and Arkansas and South Carolina where it just seems like anything will grow at any time. And yeah. most of us are struggling. So that's what got me into it was just the the recognition that there wasn't a channel back then that presented the kind of information that I was looking for. Yeah. And of course, as you pointed out in the intro with how much my channel has grown, there's a lot of other gardeners that are looking for that kind of information yeah absolutely and that was exactly my case again when it came to that cucumber mm -hmm. i was give i was given this plant didn't know what to do so immediately i went looking on youtube to find uh, information and helped get me started and that's really kind of what started my love of youtube and and uh, all of the other gardeners and the gardening community sharing information on youtube and it was really great to be able to find channels like yours to be able to help me out in doing that now, my passion for YouTube led me to start my gardening channel just to kind of share my gardening experience. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, I kind of differentiate myself from other channels like yours is that I'm out to just share my experience. I'm out to share what I'm learning and kind of going through the process of what I'm doing. And also, in a sense, kind of showing people a little bit about how they can use smaller spaces, how you can take right. advantage of certain things when it comes to living in, in, uh, in those you know, areas where you don't think that you actually have the space it takes to garden. So those are the sort of things I like to show people, the things I like to do. I've never really considered myself a teacher in the sense of things other than just kind of showing my experience. But again, but that's, that's also the... very helpful because, you know, I, I, as you know, I'm encouraging lots of, of gardeners to start making videos and start channels because there's so many gardeners out there who feel they just don't know enough to even get started. 
And then after they get started, they feel they just don't know enough to keep going. And a channel like yours, that's, that's one reason why I like your channels, because you are showing the truth of how to grow in an urban setting in a typical backyard. And for someone to follow along and see what you're doing is helpful and educational in the process. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Thank you. I appreciate that compliment too. Yeah, that's again the thing we strive for is to also mm -hmm. encourage people to get out there and grow things. Kind of as uh, Mark was talking about in his segment earlier through an influence of his. You know, if you're yeah. if you've got space to grow one thing, then you are a farmer. You know, you can grow and you know you can enjoy that experience of getting to grow, even if it's just in a really small space. And I think that's empowering too. Uh, almost anybody for getting out there and trying and doing absolutely that. and um so you know it kind of leads us to a question of what are some of your um key points or advice you would have to newer gardeners well i having learned this the hard way is it's to just enjoy it and it's okay to start small i you know, mentioned that I had that that garden in Montana and my kids remember that garden because when we started, it was for fun and it, it yeah. was the kind of experience to remember. When I moved here to Colorado, before I became a master gardener, I wanted a big garden because I thought that's obviously the next step from yeah. a small garden to a big garden. And I, I tried to start much too big. My kids were... were teenagers and, and getting older and I was sure they were going to help me in the garden just like they were before and they didn't have the interest in the gardening like I hoped they had because it was work we were we were building it and it was a lot and it took a lot of time and it reached the point that that they lost their interest in gardening I was doing it all by myself and it became more work than enjoyment and it was a conscious effort to just stop and slow down and recognize that gardening really is supposed to be fun. That's how I end all of my videos. Enjoy gardening. If you're not enjoying it, then you need to stop and yeah. and take a little bit of time to recognize why you were starting to garden in the first place. And it may mean that you just slow down, that you don't plant all of your beds, that you get to that single cucumber plant and enjoy what you're doing with that cucumber plant to, to energize yourself and to really lead you to that mindset that, that you want to grow more and that you want to learn more yeah. and you want to try new things. And so, especially for new gardeners, just, just start slow and make sure you're enjoying it along the way because that's how you can get to the point where gardeners like I am, where I've got, you know, and kind of like Joe, I, I'm not growing nearly the number of peppers he is, <laughs> but but I'm going to be growing a few dozen different types of peppers this year and the same with yeah. tomatoes. And I can do that now because all that time ago, I, I slowed down and recognized that I needed to take it just one step at a time. And you really can't jump in and have that big garden right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I found that kind of be a very similar situation for me because the first you grow one plant, 
you get excited about all of that and the next thing you know you're building elevated beds all over the place you're you know containers are stacking up all over and you're trying to manage all of this stuff and there was a point where in my first couple of years of gardening i had to you know take that sort of advice was mm -hmm. you know hey pull back just a little bit you know so that you're able to build on some of the successes that you have Absolutely. you know with the with the smaller you know the smaller spaces the you know less amount of certain things i mean i'm just one of those type of uh, gardeners who you know just kind of wants to try everything wants to grow everything you know when it comes down to it and i think one of my also bigger advices too is if you got to cut back cut back to the things that you eat the most Try oh, sure. those, get successful with those sort of things, and then slowly expand, like you say, into other things that you want to try, that you want to, you know, see how they grow in your garden and that sort of stuff as well, too. So, again, really, really great advice. Now, Thanks. I wanted to touch on, too, in your bio here, I saw that you were an Air Force pilot. I was. Oh, I man. actually Can you tell us a little more about that. Yeah, so, you know, that's one of those things that all those years, even though, you know, in Montana and Oklahoma and California and here in Colorado, I had small gardens while I was in the Air Force. The idea of being a, a YouTube gardener never entered my mind. And I, you know, was all over the world and stationed all over the country and raised my family through that career as an Air Force pilot came here to Colorado to work at the Air Force Academy. I actually ran the airfield operations for the uh, Air Force Academy, all of the, the flight uh, that was going on. We had, we had uh, jumpers, we had uh, the motorized airplanes, we had the glider airplanes. And so my job was just to manage all of that. And that's when I retired from the Air Force was after an incredible career traveling the world and I was able to fly my entire career and and was ready to retire and yeah. started taking some classes here and there and found out about the Master Gardener program and the rest is history, so they say. Yeah, what a what a difference in uh, fields, you know, yeah. to be, you know, jet set and in the air for most of your career and then get completely grounded when you retire into that's the an interesting way things. to say it <laughs> i love it but you, you know still... the the education part of it just you know is innate in me i think because as an instructor pilot if you can teach a a student like here at the air force academy that might only be 19 years old and you are upside down in an airplane and zero g's start coming in and then the airplane starts flying at incredible speeds in a spin towards the ground and you can teach that student to recover the aircraft and start flying again yeah it's a piece of cake to teach someone how to put a seed in the ground and how to <laughs> grow a tomato so that's one reason why i love what i'm doing right now because i i see it relatively relatively as much easier than some of the other things I've done in my life. And that's why I'm willing to devote the time and the energy to educate other people to be grounded, as you say. I, I like right. that, that way that you say it. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Do you still get up in the air? Do you still fly every now and then? Or I don't. Uh, being a, an instructor pilot, I recognized that it is one of those things that that you have to keep doing. You just, you just it's not like riding a bike. You can't just right. go out after six months of not flying and expect that everything's going to go well. You have to right. keep doing it. And so I wasn't able, or I chose not to do that. Uh, and and by not doing that, I, I essentially closed the book on, on that part of my life. Well, it's an exceptional stories that you get to tell about all of those experiences anyways. Yeah, they were fun. So it looks like we have a couple of questions for you from the audience okay. here. Let's dig into some of those here. And of course, we got Michelle with us. Gardener Scott, what are your grandbaby's favorite plants to eat in the garden? So I'm sure you get them out into the garden, right? Oh, yeah. So so they love the, the strawberries. And my one granddaughter prefers the, the strawberries. The other last year discovered the raspberries. Last year was my first real good raspberry year. Mm, I just recently delicious. moved into a new house. They both love the the peas. They love those sweet peas that that we uh, that I keep growing most of the season if I can. Oh, yeah. And uh, the the lettuces. My one granddaughter really likes the the sweet lettuce that is plucked from from the ground. So so those are the big ones in particular. Um, the the tomatoes like the sun gold and the black cherry that that joe had pointed out i grow those and of course they love to come in and pluck those off the plants and and like me what they tend to where they started doing this last year as they're getting older is they in the past would just pull a single sun gold tomato and eat it and then walk around the garden now they know that they can pull five or six or eight or 10 of the sun gold and put it into their <laughs> hand and then walk through the garden eating the, the cherry tomatoes. So there, there's a lot of those kind of things they like to eat. Oh yeah, those sun gold tomatoes are so sweet and delicious. Again, probably one of the more favorite of the cherry variety tomatoes that people grow out there. Everybody loves the sun golds. Let's see, we got another question here from Jay Dixon and asks, what is the next evolution of your gardening advice, i.e. social media plans? So Interesting I, question. I'm on TikTok and I'm on Snapchat and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook as Gardener Scott. I'm not that active in those because my focus has been the YouTube videos. Yeah. Uh, but but to, to Jay's question, I am planning to be doing more, particularly on Twitter and Snapchat this year, uh, just because I, I recognize that there that's a whole audience that may not be watching the live form YouTubes like we when you were talking about your yeah uh, your previous guest as she was talking about being next to the ocean and making short videos and not making the long form yet. I'm now. Yeah thinking about doing it the other way around. And so yeah. I do have some some videos that are out there, um, but what I've recognized, and, and it's interesting that when I put a short video on YouTube, it does okay, but if I yes. put that same gardening-related video on something like TikTok, it doesn't yeah. do well at all. But if right. I do a video about my garden dog, Mala, and put it on YouTube, 
nobody watches mm-hmm. it. But if I do the same short of yeah. Lala in the garden <laughs> on TikTok, then I get thousands of views. So I'm actually evolving to do more of those kind of videos, at least like on TikTok, where Mala, my garden dog, is is a big part of the short, and and I'll be adding more humorous kind of things in the garden when it comes to that kind of of. Uh, it, it, it's less of the education, yeah. I should say. It's right. less of yeah. the education. It's more the entertainment for that part of the the social media. Yeah, I find the same thing as well for myself too. I, you know, I get in and I start shooting and filming for all of my videos and and I want to kind of get them as concise as possible, but I get all this stuff and I end up with these really long form, more longer form videos. And I really got to kind of figure out how to kind of cut that down a little bit and kind of fit into those, you know, reels and those sort of mm-hmm. things when it comes to it, especially now that YouTube has actually changed to, you know, supporting more of those type of short form videos as well on the reels and stuff. So I want to kind of work on that as well as I evolve my gardening channel as well. Too. That's right. So that's a great question, Jay. So we got another question here. Indiana Backyard Gardener asks, what are you doing differently this year versus previous years? So I'm always trying new things. So right off the bat, what I'm doing completely differently is uh, doing some hydroponics and some grow tent growing in the house. And I've never done that before. And so that's totally different. I'm, I'm not a big house plant grower and I haven't really done much indoor growing in the past. And so it's, it's new and it's different for me and I'm still learning, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult for some of us to have a background like you do with all those (laughs) houseplants. I, I forget about those houseplants. And so the only ones that survive in mine, in my house are the ones that like to be ignored. And so I have a few, but it's the same with the other growing, like the hydroponics where they, it requires a lot of attention to, to grow indoors. I love going outdoors. All my garden dogs like going outdoors with me and I could spend all day outside but yeah. you can't necessarily take the lessons from outdoor growing and bring them indoors. And and that's why I'm trying to shift my focus, at least in that part of the gardening world this year. Yeah, and also similar too. In fact, you can't see it off camera here, but I do have a big, uh, large gardening tent, growing oh. tent, you know, indoors. And I've had it up there for a couple of years now. And I think that's something I've got to get doing here in the next uh uh, this next season or probably this next off season is to really start trying to figure that out a little bit more and grow some things indoors to yeah. kind of keep, you know, another idea of keeping the season and the growing season going throughout the winter months and all of that too. So there's a lot that you can do. I've seen a lot of people do some indoor gardening and growing when it comes to utilizing those tents. So I look forward to seeing things like that on your channel as well, because again, like I say, I learned so much from the the things that you do on your videos. We talked about uh, uh, doing worm bins this last uh, Monday on your channel as well, too. So that's where I first started learning. My learning in my first videos was from your channel about worm bins. And that'll be a project we're going to be working on here, too, in the next coming Good. weeks as well. All right. So let's see. Do you have 
out of all of your vast videos that you have, do you have any sort of favorites when it comes to your videos you've done? I, I, I do. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny because I, I like to enjoy gardening, just like I suggest everyone else to enjoy gardening. And so some of my favorites, the ones that, I, that I've made that I've been proudest of are some of my preservation videos where I'm, I'm pickling or I'm fermenting or I'm doing something along those lines. They don't do well on my channel because people want to come to my channel to learn how to garden and not necessarily how to pickle beets. And I love my pickling beets video, by the way. Uh, yeah. But the ones that I really enjoy, and, and I'm already starting to work on the one for this year, are my April Fool's videos. And so I've got a video from a few years ago where I show how to grow spaghetti. And I talk about snipes being a pest in the garden. And so you need to go snipe hunting at night to... Yeah. To, to to rid your garden of them and and I have some night vision goggle footage in that video and then last year I my April Fool's video was about zombies in the garden and how <laughs> you can fight off the zombies and so th those are the ones that that I I in, have enjoyed the most enjoyed making them and enjoy the outcome and they have nothing to do with my normal gardening content but yeah. but they are my favorite videos and I only make one a year, but it, it's usually one of my most favorite for that year. Well, that's a fun project and they sound like really fun videos. Really encourage people to check those out. One of the things that I saw, I, I think it was this last year, you did a tour of Baker Creek. Mm -hmm. So it's a, um, and you know, as far as that goes, do you have, any other favorite collaborations or ones that you would like to do coming up? In sure, sure. So I, I just did one a couple weeks ago where I toured the, the the USDA seed vault in Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, wow. And most people don't even know that it exists. Yeah. And so um, that that was a fun one. I'm, I'm looking forward to and planning to make a lot more of those kind of videos where I'll be doing behind the scenes tours at different seed companies or something that might be gardening related. Uh, one of the things, again, in, enjoyable that I'm doing this year, I'm working with Eli and Kate from the In the Garden with Eli and Kate channel. And we're gonna okay. be collaborating on a series of videos as, as I grow tomatoes and they grow tomatoes. I'm in Colorado and they're in Scotland. And we're yeah. gonna be using the same varieties of tomatoes and growing them as close to the same way as we can in completely different regions and then show the results based on our our own gardens and what we're trying to do with these tomatoes so i'm looking forward to to that collaboration and then there's some a few others that that i'm working on that can't necessarily um discuss right now but i am yeah. looking to do more of those kind of videos as i move forward 
Yeah, again, that's kind of one of my favorite things to do when it comes to my channel is these collaborations or just the chance that I get and have had over the last few seasons to be able to travel up and down the West Coast here mm -hmm. and get to visit some of these really great gardeners. You know, it's really cool that we have this opportunity with this show now to be able to bring people on with us on the channel, be able to talk about all of our gardens. But it's really cool to be able to get out and visit and see these people, oh, get yeah. to do interviews and show their gardens and all of that. So those are really some of my favorite things to do at the channel as well, too. And um, so as we're heading here towards the end, I wanted to ask you real quick, too, about, uh, let's see here. I guess we covered that about... Um, what you have going on with your channel coming up here in the future, but um, any other sort of things that you'd like to share with the audience, you know, here as we're finishing up. Um, yeah, just, you know, the same thing you you've touched on it. I touched on it a little bit and uh, just the idea of it's nice to have our favorite YouTubers and especially those of us that kind of fall into that big channel category. We have a lot of loyal followers, but, but there's a lot of really good small channels with just yes. a very small following that are starting to emerge. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of it is, is as a result of my encouragement. Some of it's now as a result of your encouragement. And YouTube offers us the opportunity, all of us, the opportunity to really have a channel where we have videos that we're sharing. And I'm, I'm a huge advocate of garden journaling, where you keep track of what's happening in your garden, the weather, the successes, the, the failures, the pests, all of those things traditionally have been done by pen and paper in, in a, a log book of some sort or yeah. maybe doing it digitally with a, a spreadsheet. But YouTube just offers the opportunity to get in there with a camera and lock that moment in time from your garden yes. for all of us to learn something from. And, you know, as we were talking earlier, your videos are doing exactly that. And my videos, even though I I'm making educational videos, I'm choosing topics and I'm choosing locations in my garden for myself to be able yeah. to document what I'm doing in that time so that when I'm older and grayer than I am now, I can look back and see my different gardens at different times. And I think all of us should consider that as an opportunity here on YouTube. You don't have to do a YouTube channel to become famous and have a yeah. huge amount of followers. You can do it just for you and a few others. And you might be surprised. There's Yankee Sister Homestead is, is a regular viewer of mine and she's on my live stream almost every week. And, and I said this a number of months ago and she started doing that and started making videos and she's got over a thousand followers now. And all That's she's awesome. doing is just documenting her garden and other people are enjoying that as well. So get out yeah. there and just make a video about your garden and release it and just have fun with it. Absolutely yeah. enjoy gardening and it makes it so much more worthwhile. 
Yes, that's such great advice and all of that too. And I take that to heart myself is, you know, that's the thing with my channel as well too. When I started it, I just wanted to kind of just document things, kind of show and see. And, and ultimately, as you talked about creating a video journal mm -hmm. so that, you know, I can look back at some of those early gardens, you know, later on and be able to see some of the things that I was doing and, and, you know, kind of look back on some of the changes I've made in the garden, too. And the best thing of that is that people start connecting with that sort of thing. Absolutely. And next thing you know, like you said about that other channel, is that you've got a thousand subscribers. I mean, when I hit 300, I just couldn't believe it. I was I was over <laughs> the moon over that. I was like, I cannot believe 300 people are really liking this. And now we've got a channel that's approaching 13,000. And I just yeah. can't believe that either. And, you know, and I'm perfectly happy if that's just all it stays at too because i really just enjoy the whole process Good. i enjoy the gardening i enjoy making the videos and sharing them with everybody out there and then ultimately now i get to enjoy this whole let's get growing live cast and being able to talk with people like yourself and all these other great people who have been joining with us over the last couple of weeks so okay. again gardner scott it is so awesome again to have you here joining with us again really appreciate it thank you so much oh it's my pleasure i'm glad you had me on as one of your inaugural guests and i wish you the best and look forward to seeing more of these live casts as you move forward thanks enoch awesome again thank you all right so there we go that's a great interview with one of my favorite gardeners again the quintessential gardener of youtube gardener scott just a really awesome gardener and just really knowledgeable and if there's anything that you need to know about the garden i'll guarantee you he's got a video on his channel showing you just what you need to be doing when it comes to those subjects and again i want to thank um jen jen newbauer of hook in garden joining us for our you following me segment here on instagram and of course joe kozlowski of garden state gardener you know uh, on our channel of the week segment just really great interviews with them i encourage you all to get down into the description below so that you can check out all the links to all of their channels and uh, go over there, subscribe to them, check out what they've got growing on, follow along because again, these are some really great gardeners and then they have some really great gardening content for you to enjoy. So again, I hope that you have all enjoyed this show this week. And um, again, um, I hope that you all go out and support our sponsor because that's a great way to support our show here our sponsor is ivy organics and uh, go to ivyorganic.com and use our promo code grow10 in their in their shop there too to save 10 percent on everything that they have so again that's just a really great way to support our shows to go over there and shop with them you know they got some great fertilizers they've got the three-in-one um uh, plant guard and all of that too as well too that you can check out there and um, so I guess we'll see you all this next week where we'll have with us our friend Greg Peterson Greg Peterson of the Urban Gar Urban Farm podcast so we're really looking forward to seeing him as well as our other guests that we have this week and again be sure to give our show today a big thumbs up 
hit that like button and hit the subscribe button as well so that you can follow along with all of our great garden adventures here on the Urban Gardener channel. And I want to also, again, give a big, huge shout out to our producer, Asia Darlene, back there, handling and taking care of everything today. She's doing such a great job. And our associate producer, Michelle Hathrill, for joining with us and moderating all of our comments today. So it's really great to have all of you along with us. And so from all of us here at Let's Get Growing, have a great week. And we'll see you next Saturday.